Hi, welcome back and thank you for joining me on another journey of reflection and self-discovery on TVP Recovery. This is your host, Nikel, and today we're going to be diving really deep as I reflect on my own journey. Um, before starting this, I definitely was the type of person who planned out her life in a certain way and I assumed things were going to be a different way and when it didn't I hit a really big wall and that wall resulted in a nervous breakdown um, which happened about a year ago and on that year journey I did a lot of reflection crying <laughs> um, and a lot of digging into my past to try and discover why I allowed myself to get to that point. So um, today I want to share my testimony and hope that whoever's listening out there knows that there is a way to get out of whatever emotional rut you might be in right now and as well as some tools in terms of how you can get yourself out of there. So where to start? Um, if I could identify one particular point in time where I realized that I had um, issues regulating my emotions, I would definitely pinpoint it to my adolescent years, maybe even a few years prior to that. So I would even be gracious enough to say between the ages of 9, 13, and onward, um, that's when... I at least knew that I was in quote unquote normal. Um, what I didn't know at the time or was able to articulate was that I was giving a lot of telltale signs of depression. Um, unfortunately, I grew up watching a lot of traumatic incidents unfolding within my family um, and in my household. And as a child, you're really unable to process that um, in a way in which you don't internalize it or blame yourself or feel anxious and scared. Um, so looking back, obviously, as an adult, I'm able to give myself enough grace to realize that I was a child and had no business worrying about the stuff that I had to worry about at that point in time. So one of the ways that I coped with this was through ambition. Um, coming from a family of Haitian immigrants, it was really instilled in you that the power of education was undefeated. So there's a lot of stress um, that was placed on me and my siblings um, to get the best grades, to eventually go to the best schools, and to eventually acquire the best jobs. Um, and being Haitian, for any of my Haitian listeners out there, um, you know that that was only limited to being a doctor, a lawyer, and if they were really generous, an engineer. Um, anything outside of that didn't exist. Um, so growing up, I was instilled in myself that I wanted to go to law school and in order to be a lawyer, I had to have the best grades possible. 
Um, and with that being said, although this was a great goal, the motivation behind it, unfortunately, wasn't the best. So besides trying to attain a goal that was already set before me, I personally took that on because I didn't want to end up in a situation that I saw playing before me all those years in my life, in which a lot of the women in my family had to sustain a lot of abuse, um, a lot of toxic behaviors in their lives, and eventually started to repeat those toxic behaviors simply as a result of not being able to... I, I want to be very cautious in saying sustain themselves because they were always working and always finding a, a means to support themselves and their children, but it wasn't without struggle. And not only did I realize at such a young age that that wasn't something that I wanted, but it was also told to me by a lot of the women, you know, mother, grandmother, um, aunts, that the best way to ensure that you don't have to be subjected to this kind of lifestyle is to make sure that you go to school, get the best education and get the best job that you possibly can. And so I constantly had that mindset playing in the background that you cannot fail because if you fail, if you meet someone, you will be subjected to this. And so in order to prevent yourself from ever having to experience this, you have to have the best grades possible. So while a lot of people strive to have the best grades, I became obsessive. Um, I would spend like a lot of late nights up just trying to cram and cram and cram. And if I ever received a grade or a score that was below the goal that I had set for myself, I would go berserk. And berserk would mean intensive, you know, bouts of crying spells. Um, what I didn't realize at the time when I would have these intense like um, moments where I couldn't breathe because I was crying so hard, that's something that I discovered was a panic attack. Um, and my family tried their best to support me in the way that they could. Um, but eventually I started to feel as though I was becoming a burden. And this definitely wasn't something on the part of my family. Um, this was just something that I learned to, to tell myself that you have no one to blame but yourself for feeling this way. If you don't want to feel this way, get better grades or suck it up and try harder. Um, so I definitely was not a gracious person to myself. Um, fast forward over to high school. Um, I went to a private all-girl Catholic school and it was honestly the best and worst years of my life. Um, and the worst part of it, not having anything to relate to school, um, because it was honestly an environment that I could escape from a lot of the things that I was witnessing in my home. Um, but it was also, interestingly enough, another 
place where stress kind of ensued because academics were obviously my greatest motivator. And if I wasn't getting the best grades, you see how that cycle starts to continually repeat itself. Um, I remember the first time where my depression totally paralyzed me um, and that was in high school and I had to take about a week or a week and a half off because I was just having intense crying spells and I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and during this time, um, I realized that I didn't have um, as much panic attacks. It was definitely more, um, I guess, negative emotions in terms of just a lot of disassociating, um, a lot of just kind of staring blankly at a particular space and just zoning out, um, not eating, um, barely sleeping, or sometimes on the opposite spectrum, all I would do was sleep. Um, and that would last for about a week, a week and a half until I would start to feel better and then go back to my drug of choice, which was school. <laughs> um, and eventually I did what I had to do and I got into a really good um, private school for college um, and I did pretty well. Um, I thought at that point that I wanted to kind of fulfill the dream of every Haitian child, which is to appease their parents by becoming a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Um, and lo and behold, that didn't work when I decided to switch my major from political science to business because I'd fallen in love with marketing. And um, that didn't go so well in my family, in particular with my mother at the time. Um, and it caused a lot of friction between us. And looking back, um, I don't think it was necessarily much about trying to control me, but it was more so a um, unarticulated fear that I would not be able to support myself or be able to avoid the the journey that she had to go on because she didn't have the opportunity to go to college um, and to to do what it is she really wanted to do. And so her fear was that I was moving further and further away from that. And so that caused a lot of tension between us for about a few months. Um, but fast forward, um, I had another bout of depression or period where my depression totally crippled me and I had to take about two weeks off. Now, if we go back a little bit, I started to piece together the reasons why those bouts were happening and why they were for such extended periods of time. Um, within those years, I had lost my sister. I had lost our family home because my parents had a very, very messy, messy divorce. And it was so traumatizing to me and caused a lot of anxiety during my adolescent years. Um, and then when I had just started college, I also lost my beloved great grandmother. Um, and the way I would process it was by just using all of that anger, all of that sadness, 
all of that um, regret and putting that energy into my academics. Um, I just focused primarily on that. Of course, here and there, I would go out with friends um, whenever we could, but that was the main focus in my mind. And it was as if those traumas were just constantly replaying like in a loop in my mind. And that's what I used as motivation, not realizing that I was pretty much cementing myself into more destructive habits. Now, if we fast forward to when I graduated college, I had a bit of what I would call um, a rebellion that a lot of (laughs) kids who grew up in strict conservative homes do. Um, Up until that point, I really wasn't in the dating scene, um, mostly because it wasn't allowed. And then once the reins were released, as I would like to say, um, I started to try to date. Um, I went uh, primarily online and met a few guys, but I definitely wasn't impressed with the people who I was meeting, or sometimes they were great men, but I just didn't feel a connection. Um, Lo and behold, I met a person, and I eventually ended up in a relationship with this individual, and the first few months, I was so happy. Um, It was really exciting for me, being the first relationship I had ever had. Um, But looking back, I realized that I had a lot of um, expectations that stemmed from an unhealthy place. Um, And this individual as well had a lot of unresolved issues um, that stemmed from his own parental home. And together, we thought that we were compatible when in actuality, it was trauma recognizing trauma. And so that good heavenly or, you know, awesome period when a relationship first started, first starts, um, started to decline pretty rapidly. Um, And by the time that relationship ended, I was a mess. Um, At this point, I'd gotten my first job Um, in the corporate world. And so I now, on top of all of the other traumas I had in my life, I now added on a breakup. Um, And as usual, I went right back into that pattern of using my anger and sadness and stress and regret into achieving. If I achieve and I attain all these accolades, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to have something to show for it. And I'm going to be able to say that this was okay because I was able to overcome and succeed in spite of all of this. And so while that can be a positive thing, depending on where your motivation is coming from, it could also be very self-destructive. And that's exactly what happened to me. So if we fast forward to 2019... Um, which was about, I'd say like, yeah, maybe two and a half, three years after that relationship had ended. Um, I had, a intense, intense nervous breakdown. It was the third and 
thank God, the last one I've ever experienced. But it was also the one that changed my life because it was so traumatic for me. My It was as if I had no control over my body. I felt as though I was always crying. I had stopped eating. I remember when I ended up going back to work after I'd taken um, two weeks off for medical leave. Um, everyone was so surprised by how much weight I'd lost and I didn't have it in my heart or the emotional capacity to even say that it's because I just stopped eating. Um, it's kind of an awkward conversation to have in the kitchen. <laughs> but yeah, and I was having something that was brand new to the situation, um, which were these really intensive nightmares, um, some of which felt so real that I really started to question my own sanity. Um, but the thing that really, really changed me and really, really brought me back to my faith, which I had left at that point because I had made my ambitions and my goals, my, my own idol, my own God, because I felt that God had disappointed me, that he'd left me behind, that he was just standing there watching as I, my family and I, I should say, were experiencing a lot of these horrific things that I, that he allowed me to get into situations that only broke me further and further. Um, and it really wasn't until that nervous breakdown that I realized that I had a lot more to do with the way my life turned out after a certain point, of course, because as a child, you don't really have that much say in what happens to you. You can only survive. But once I got to a certain point, I started to make decisions based off of those experiences. And they were so unconscious and automatic. And because of that, I didn't realize that I was actually, I was actually, um, making choices that would have led to my own demise, if that makes sense. Um, and the point that I really want to share here is one dream that I had in particular, where um, to this day, I, I can honestly say that I feel as though that dream was divine intervention. Um, it was a dream in which I was drowning. The waves were really, really intense. And when I was able to come up above the waves, the water was so beautiful, it was so clear. And the sky, it looked like it was dawn. It was like pink, yellowish, purplish hues as if, you know, the sun's coming right above the, the horizon. And all of a sudden, I feel myself being pulled back. And I can't see what's happening behind me, but I'm just, I feel that I'm being pulled. And eventually I'm pulled out of the water and onto the shore. And when I get there, all of a sudden I see a lion approaching me. And I'm so scared and fearful of this lion, but the way it's approaching me, it's so calm 
and not threatening. It's not baring its teeth or anything, but it's just walking and approaching me. And the thing that really, really marveled me, I guess, was as it was walking, there were imprints of its face that would be on the sand as it was approaching me. And I just remember feeling still scared and just backing up and it would still just keep on approaching me. And with each paw print, it left an imprint of its face and I woke up. And I remember becoming so scared and obsessive about why this dream happened. And I couldn't put the pieces together. I was going to people left and right going to my therapist, going to Bible studies, trying to piece it together, and I couldn't understand it. And even to this day, I sometimes wonder why did it happen? But as I've dived closer into my faith, I've come to realize for myself that that was a message to let me know that God has always been here with me, pulling me out of the waves, pulling me out of all the destructive things that have happened in my life and making sure that I was never going to drown there and that he was always there just waiting for me to let him in. And every time I think about this dream, I cry (laughs) because the night I had that dream, I was contemplating suicide. I had gotten to a point in my life where I was just tired. I was tired of constantly suffering. I was tired of constantly, constantly just waiting for family members to go to sleep so that way I could cry in peace without someone knocking on the door and interrupting like a crying session. I remember just feeling so broken and so scared and so alone and so tired and I thought that if this is how my life is supposed to be for the rest of it then I don't want it and I just feel 100% that it's more than a coincidence that the same day that I was thinking about these thoughts that that same night I would have a dream like that Sorry, getting a little bit emotional. (laughs) But with that being said, after that dream, I decided to really, really focus on myself. Because at that point, I didn't have a choice. For as long as I can remember, I was always just at everybody's beck and call. The only solitude or the only place of peace that I had was my academics was my work it was just me constantly striving and I didn't know what my life could be like or what life was like to just be still to just be comfortable with myself to just be comfortable in my own skin to just be comfortable not performing for the sake of having everyone's affirmations but God's or myself and I am so, so thankful for the experiences that I had looking back because if I didn't have them, there is no way that I would be as strong 
and as content as I feel right now. So what did I learn from all of that? Because I had to get to that point, I realized that I needed to have a lot more safety guards and boundaries was one of the ways that I did that. Um, beforehand, I used to use a lot of walls, um, just block everyone out, especially after my relationship had ended the way it did. I just threw up walls everywhere. It's like no one is ever going to approach me and get me that vulnerable ever again. Um, and I pushed away a lot of people, both friends and potential romantic interests, and eventually got myself to a point where I was lonely. Um, and upon reflecting, I realized that what I needed were boundaries, not walls. Um, and boundaries allowed me to be able to really screen people and to really take the time to learn about an individual and how that individual makes me feel versus constantly trying to perform and have them accept me and then only later to find out that this person was not someone I should have even entertained in my life. Um, so that was one way that I dealt with that. Another thing that I had to do was forgive, which was very, very tough for me. And I realized I had to forgive a lot of the people in my life, a lot of family members, um, including, you know, my parents um, and friends, former friends, um, and even that individual um, who I was in a relationship with. Um, something that was very unique or very interesting, I should say, that I learned is that sometimes forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean rekindle. Um, just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you have to take things back to the way they were because quite honestly, they never will be. Obviously, there are certain exceptions that can be made, but for most individuals, that's very, very rare, and that can often lead you into a cycle of putting yourself into toxic relationships or toxic friendships or toxic partnerships or places that you may work in which you're constantly trying to fix and appease things for the sake of peace at the expense of yourself. Um, and so I learned that forgiveness was never for the other person. It was for me to be able to say that I no longer want to hold this person or these people in my heart or what they did to me. Um, and by doing that, I was able to make room for a lot of people who God brought into my life. And if I hadn't forgiven those individuals, I would have used my own defense mechanism, which were my walls, to keep them out because I couldn't differentiate between uh, a threat and a genuine person at that point. Another thing that I am still working on, to be honest, is the permission to expect things. Because I had been disappointed so many times in my life, I found another way to put up a wall, and this one was more detrimental 
because it was a wall between myself and God. And that was to never expect anything, to never get so excited about something because eventually it's going to fail. And so that was always the, the issue that I had. So I told myself if I didn't set myself up for failure by expecting anything, then I could be safe then I wouldn't have to face the disappointment of waiting for my father to be a different person or waiting for my mother to stop waiting for the perfect daughter or waiting for a relationship that was healthy and that was mutually respectful or that was sought after on both sides. Um... By doing that, I thought I was saving myself from future heartache. I thought that I was saving myself from from friends who I thought would be in my life for forever, from individuals who I just expected so much of them because of the lack that I grew up with. And once they started to show their human sides, the disappointment it, it was just really intense. So that's something that I honestly still struggle with um, and something that I'm working towards. But that's the whole point of this journey. It's never going to be something in which you get to a certain point in life and you're just like, this is it. Life has a way of having its own checks and balances. So the idea that I could ever predict things in my life and create these cushions or walls in order to prevent certain things from happening, in retrospect, it's silly, but at the time it was survival. So I had to forgive myself for that kind of thinking. And I want to, I also want to make sure that people understand that the permission to expect it comes with risk and with risk there comes the possibility of failure and failure is okay failure is just an opportunity to reflect understand the mistakes that you made and to try again but with a different set of tools by doing this i was able to repair the relationship with my mom and it's the best that it's ever been I was able to open myself back up with family members, with friends, and although I'm not dating now, but I am open to the idea. I was able to really, really solidify my faith and to get involved in a local church. And it's been the most amazing thing that's happened to me. I've also taken a lot of steps to make sure that I'm consistent with therapy. Um, Although um, the need for it has been dwindling away, which has been a good thing because I've learned so much from those um, sessions with my therapist. Um, I do believe wholeheartedly that it's important, even if it's once a quarter, once every month, or however the situation might work for you just to try your absolute best to 
make an appointment with the therapist and really talk about what's going on because at my lowest point my intervention with my therapist really saved my life outside of God um so I definitely definitely encourage that a hundred percent and if cost is something that's an issue um definitely check out our website because we're going to be providing some links to some resources that can provide some more affordable ways for you to be able to get the help that you need and also some resources and self-help material that I've used and read during my journey as well. So I just want to thank you guys so much for your wonderful support and for listening to me today and listening to my testimony and I hope and pray that you received something in my message and that it will help you on your journey to mental wellness and a closer relationship with God if you're a believer. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. This was another episode of TRP Recovery and make sure to check back in with us next Saturday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks so much and check us out on Instagram at TRP Recovery to get a little heads up on what our episode topic will be next week. Thank you so much. Love you and bless you.